is week number two in our new sermon series, The One Another's. 59 one another statements in the New Testament. The idea is out of the overflow of our daily relationship with Jesus, out of that relationship, we're called, we're asked, it's even stronger than that, we're commanded to do good stuff, to do good, godly, Jesus, family stuff for one another. Why? We answered that last week. Why? Why would I want to do good, godly, Jesus, family stuff for the other members of the church family? And the answer is because Jesus dressed up for us when he went to the cross, shed his blood, took our place in the grave and arose victorious. Because Jesus dressed up for us, we're called to dress up and take good care of one another. I like this quote from Pastor Andy Stanley. Here's what he says, The primary activity of the church is one anothering one another. It's true. Last week, Colossians 3, again, Dress up, put on the shoes of compassion, the wallet of kindness, the hat of humility, the handkerchief of gentleness, the tie of patience, the coat of love, and be willing to forgive one another. That's a lot. That's a lot. But we do it because of what Jesus has done for us. Today, we're in Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 to 5. You want to locate that on uh, your Bible app on your phone or, or find it uh, right there in your Bible. Today, we're going to see that Jesus asks us to be lifeguards in the church family, okay? We're called to be lifeguards ready and willing to rescue and restore one another when we're drowning in sin, okay? We're, we're like the lifeguard there, and we're on the alert because we're expected to be looking out and seeking and rescuing and gently restoring those in the family who are broken, who are stuck and unable to get out of their sinful situation. That, that's what we're expected. We are supposed to restore one another and be on the lookout so we can do just that. If you're able, stand with me. We're going to read out loud the first uh, five verses of Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Would you read with me? Here we go. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions, then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Let's pray. Lord, would you help us today to understand exactly what these verses are telling us? I suspect there are some folks right here today in your church. Oh, I forgot to tell you, you could be seated, sorry. Lord's okay with me breaking up. You're okay with it, yeah. Lord, uh, thank you that many who are seated right now or watching online, 
They've tuned in, they've driven here, and the truth is some of them are stuck. Some of them are caught and unable to get free from the sin that has them around the neck. Would you show us today, Lord, your plan? What we're supposed to do when we're caught and in trouble? And Lord, for those of us uh, who are doing well and walking with your Son and full of your Spirit, help us to understand what your rescue plan is all about so we can be on the alert and to know what to do. Lord, help us to learn how to help people get free, restore them to the family. The truth is, Lord, it feels like this world's getting even more sinful and crazy. So I think this, this passage, Lord, is more important than ever. We invite your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of your Son, Jesus. Would you take charge today? Because this is your church. And take charge of these weak and goofy lips. And Lord, take charge of all of our weak and goofy ears as well. Help us today to learn how we can rescue and restore one another. And all the church family gathered at Walloon said with one united voice, you cannot be seated because you already are. Verse 1, Galatians 6, brothers and sisters. He's talking to the church family here. You understand? That's why he says brothers and sisters in the church family, okay? So he's writing to the churches in Galatia, but it applies to the church in Walloon, okay? So this is family talk. These are family instructions. And sometimes we take instructions meant for the family and apply them to people outside the family. You understand? You, you don't go and Chad, it's not good if you see the neighbors misbehaving. You don't go over to the neighbor's house and get their kids to start behaving. That's not your job, right? This is family instructions for people in the family. And therefore, it applies to people who know Christ, followers of Jesus, okay? This doesn't apply to your unchurched neighbor, or, or the, the person at work, or, or the person in the family who doesn't know Christ and they're stuck in sin, okay? Their first step, they need to say yes to Jesus, believe and receive, and get born again, okay? Don't move past that. That's the key thing. Pray for that. But sometimes we apply family instructions to people outside the family, and I promise you it doesn't work, okay? Here we go. So, this is a family member, and they are in need of restoration. Go back to verse 1. If someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. Okay? The word restore means to mend something that is broken. Tracking? Something's broken. Could be a bone. That's what the word means. Mend the bone, restore it. Uh, a fishing net is torn. Stitch it together. Got the idea? Something is broken, verse 1, in this person. And they're broken, and it says they're caught in sin. 
And the idea, this is huge, it seems that they want to get well. This isn't someone we're chasing down and just fine in their sin. No, this is someone who desires freedom from their sin. They know they're broken and they want to get mended. Does that make sense? Okay. Here, here's the problem. They're caught. They're stuck. They're being held hostage, if you will, by their sin. Okay? Sin has them in a headlock and they can't get free. It's kind of like James chapter 1, verse 13 talks about a fish who's been caught, dragged away, fish stuck on a hook, okay? And, and the more the fish wiggles and jiggles and jumps, and the, the further, Chase, right, the further the hook gets stuck. It, it literally, once that hook is set, I don't care how much the fish wiggles and jumps, they're in trouble. They're going to be lunch, okay? Okay? So this could be someone mentally in a sinful place, emotionally, they're stuck in some sin, relationally, financially, spirit, something has them caught and sin is holding them hostage. It's important we understand what's going on here, okay? Now, before we move on, I need to say this, this isn't someone who's doing something and they have a different preference than you. This isn't talking about a disputable matter, Romans chapter 14. This is something that they're caught in that the Bible clearly calls sin. Make sense? So, so this isn't something that, that honest, Jesus-loving, spirit-filled people can disagree about. That's Romans 14. That's disputable matters. No, no. This is something the person is trapped in and caught in, and it's sin. And you should call it sin, and they should call it sin. Okay? So that's part of it. They know they're in sin. Got it? Amel, um, this isn't um, I made a bad mistake, or I made a bad choice, or it's my mama's fault, or I was just having a bad day. Do you understand? This is something clearly they know it's sin, you know it's sin, the Bible calls it sin. Okay? So, when someone in the church family is all tied up, bound like a dog that's wrapped its leash around a pole, do you understand? Um, so, what do you do when, when you see somebody in the family and, and they're trapped and they're being held hostage? Uh, what is supposed to happen in the church family? Go back to verse 1. Here's what it says. You who live by the Spirit should step up and restore that person. Isn't that interesting? You, church family, who are filled with the Holy Spirit, are called by God to step up and help rescue and restore those who are stuck and bound and all caught up in their sin. Spiritual people. In other words, get connected with someone, track with me, 
who you can see the fruit in the Spirit regularly. You, you know them to be Spirit-filled people, someone who can help you get unstuck with God's answers, somebody that you see in them, they know God's Word, they're filled with streams of living water, and they can give you God's perspective on what's going on. And they can see what's going on with God's eyes and help you get down to the bottom of the matter. What, what's the root cause going on here? Why is this happening? And what are God's solutions to the problem? That's the idea. Now, now here's the truth. Most of us, when we get stuck in some way, we run to all sorts of people looking for answers. Do we not? I'm, I'm going to go to Dr. Oz. Well, I, I like Dr. Phil better, but you know what Oprah has to say about this situation. Well, the guy at work, here's what he told me. Well, here's what mom said to me. Do you understand? We're, we're going and seeking answers from people who are not filled with the Holy Spirit, don't know God's Word, Likely many of them don't even know Jesus, and we're expecting them to give us answers to spiritual problems. I'm just telling you, you got a spiritual problem, you got a sin problem. He says, go to a spiritual person. Go to someone who's filled with the Holy Spirit and ask them to enter into your life and help you with your struggle to help you get what is broken, mended. I'm just saying, some of you are thinking, well, I, I don't, I've never taken any counseling classes, Pastor Jeff, and, and, I, and, I, and I haven't really had a whole lot of you know, um, experience in this area. Just g give me your eyes. If you love Jesus, and you're walking with Jesus, and you love God's Word, and you're growing in God's Word, and you're daily staying connected with Christ, you're qualified, okay? Don't need fancy degrees. You know, you don't have to be a certain age. The idea is I've got a spiritual issue, and I need a spiritual person to help me out. I need somebody with God's eyes who walks with Jesus, a student of God's Word, I need somebody in the church family to help me get down to the root cause and help me get unstuck, okay? Here's what you need to know. Give me your eyes. Church is so much more than great worship, and we are blessed. Church is so much more than just preaching and teaching and Bible studies, okay? Church at core... This is really why we gather. Yes, we want to grow. Yes, we want to worship the king together. But we gather together because at times you're going to get stuck and now the family comes around you and we help you to get unstuck. And I'm going to get stuck and you gather around me. Do you understand? We're called church to watch out, to be on the alert, to rescue one another. Again, this is somebody who wants to be free, but they're out of answers. They've tried everything they can, 
and they're still in trouble. Okay? Back to verse 1. If someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, full of Jesus, should restore that person. How are we to restore that one another person? How do we do it? What's this say? <laughs> I think that's important, okay? I've been getting some shots in my eyeball, and I think I've had seven so far, and I'm really grateful that I have a doctor who's gentle with my eye. You understand? He doesn't just grab my head. Okay! I, I would have only had one. One. <laughs> okay? When you see people who are stuck, if you're not careful, if you're, if you're doing this in a hurry, if you're doing this in a rush, if you're doing this and you really don't want to be doing it, the temptation is to be rough and blunt and harsh and judgmental. Are you really that stupid that you got caught there? Um, oh, great, Stephanic is stuck in sin again. Didn't we just unstuck you last, last month? Again, we're not called to beat each other up. And I just promise you, some of you have been beat up with God's Word in the past. We're not called to beat each other up. We're, come to call, we're called to come with kindness and softness and gentleness to help those who are caught, who are trapped, who are stuck in their sin. So make sure when you, when you go to them and, and they're seeking help that you just don't jam the needle in their eye, okay? Think of it this way. Somebody's been in a car accident, okay? And let's just assume it was their fault, okay? They, they were driving too fast. Uh, they, they, they weren't paying attention to conditions. I don't know. Think of some way somebody, it would be their fault. But now they've been in a car crash, and they're pinned in the car. You understand? And now they're stuck, and, and now the ambulance comes, and... And they can't get them out of the, out of the car. They're, they're stuck. You know what they do? They're going to call for the jaws of life. Okay? That, there's the jaws of life. Okay? Hydraulic tool used to cut people out of cars and get them free. Why? Because <laughs> they're stuck and they need to go to the hospital. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody they're pinned in. Okay? We need to find believers who know how to use the jaws of life to set people free from what they're stuck in. Because okay? there's lots of people who are stuck, and we need to learn how to use the jaws of life. Okay, Find people who can, with God's Word, filled with the Holy Spirit, diagnose the problem and give them good medicine. But watch out. <laughs> what it says. But watch out yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Watch out. Be careful, because while you're doing this, spiritual person, uh, there's temptation. Two thoughts. It's easy to feel proud and smug and superior when you're working with someone who might be a brand new believer or much younger than you, or maybe you... 
they've been a Christian as long as you, but you're thinking, man, I, I would never do this, George. I, I would never be this foolish. I would never be this stupid. Watch out. <laughs> be careful, okay, lest you fall too. And secondly, remember the tempter who caught this person that you're helping, he'd like to catch you too. You understand? Okay? So he's caught them and now you're helping them. Be aware that he'd love for you to be the next snack of the lion. Back to the text, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's, watch my hands, burdens. We're talking about a heavy load. We're talking about a weight that's not meant for one person to carry by themselves. Okay? The burden literally means a weight that's overwhelming, that's too heavy, that's crushing, and the burden cannot and should not be handled alone. So go back and look at verse 2. The church, we're family. We're called when we see somebody in the family with a burden. It can be a sin. It might not be a sin. It might just be a hard situation. We're called to help each other when the troubles and the trials of life begin to crush our brothers and our sisters in the family. Now, here's what I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you, pray every day, read your Bible every day, stay close to Jesus, um, be here in church every Sunday, be a good and godly person, and life will always be wonderful. I, I wish I could tell you that, but I could have about 10 widows in the church right now stand up and say, no, that's just not the way it is. <laughs> that's just not the way it works. You, you can be faithful, you can be a follower of Christ and daily walk with Him and still have times where life is going to get heavy and crushing and you're going to need other people to come in and love and help you carry the situation. You understand? We all are going to have those situations. We, we step in, we help each other, we love on each other. Why? Because you're family and I want to take care of you and my prayer is when I'm overwhelmed with a situation, you'll come and take care of me. Go back. It says, last part of verse 2, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. You know what the law of Christ is? It's the law of love. <laughs> the law of Christ is, by this love, everyone will know that you're my disciple. We saw that last week, John 13, 35. So, when we carry one another's burdens, we're fulfilling the law of love, and other people notice. People say, you know what, I, I think I want what you've got over there. Why? Because you're caring and helping one another in times of overwhelming, crushing weight. Back to verse 3. Continue. If anyone thinks there's something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. 
they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Keep your eyes on, on your own knitting. For each one should carry their own load. Okay? That's, that's another warning about pride. Okay? Don't be thinking that you're all that. Got it? He, he says, I, I don't want you thinking that you're too good to help people, too good to get your hands dirty when people in the family are hurting. Because none of you are too good. None of us are too high and mighty to help and serve one another. Right? We're here in the family. We're all saved by grace. Amen? Every one of us, okay? So we all could be there. We all could be in a sinful situation or a circumstance situation that's overwhelming and crushing. It may not be sin in that instance. But the point is, we're all there, okay? So if not for Jesus and his spirit and walking daily with Christ, we're all only one bad hour away from being trapped in sin too. Remember that. You're, you're, I'm glad you're walking close, but you and I are only one bad hour away from being in deep trouble as well. Now, back to verse 5. At first, verse 5 seems like it contradicts verse 2. Let, let's just look. Um, verse 5 says, For each one should carry their own load. Go back to verse 2. Carry each other's burdens. Okay? So, is this a contradiction? What, what's going on? Um, we're called to bear and shoulder one another's burdens, but each one must carry their own load. Okay? What's the difference? Verse 2 is talking about a heavy weight that's meant for multiple people to carry. Tracking? Verse 5, our own load, it's a soldier's backpack. Literally, is what this would refer to. But today, we can talk about it's a woman's purse or, or a guy's briefcase, okay? So, it's something that a person can and should carry for themselves, okay? God's Word is very practical here. I like it, okay? We're called to reach out and actively help those who are caught and trapped in their sin, right? So, when you see somebody, they're trapped they need to get restored, be ready to be full of the Spirit and full of God's Word and help them out. However, in Paul's day, this was probably 60, 65 A.D., and still in our day, 2020, there are people who can help themselves, but they just assume you help them. You understand what I'm saying? They're very capable, they can help themselves, but they're looking around and you're, you're pretty kind and you're pretty gracious, and I like the fact that you're helping them with their load, I think I'd like you to come and help me carry my briefcase. I, I'd, I'd like you to come and, and carry this. Paul says clearly, look at verse 5, each person must carry their own load. That's what you and I are called to carry for ourselves, okay? Each person is called to do their part. Let me give you an example. I'm healthy. I'm able to work. 
I just don't want to work. I don't feel like working. Bob and Barb, feed me, help me, serve me, okay? And, and can I just say, the reality is, you have people like that around you, and so do I. We've got people, they're very capable, they're able-bodied, but they just assume you do it for them, okay? Here's what Paul says, 2 Thessalonians 3 and verse 10. Um, it's clear, it's blunt, but it applies the one who's unwilling to work shall not eat. <laughs> How do you like that? That's blunt, okay? So, so you're not willing to carry your own, you're, you're able-bodied, you, have, you can work just fine, but you're not willing to, then, then I think when you get hungry, that will be motivation to do what you should do and carry your own load, okay? This is a check on those who see the love, the caring, the kindness in the family, and they want to take advantage. Because there will be people, uh, and when we enable able-bodied adults, we're not helping. You understand that, right? When, when someone is very capable, and we enable them by doing what they should be doing, first of all, we're taking away from the people who are genuinely in need. Now, they're going to get less because we're busy using our resources to take care of them, but they're fully fine. They could do it on their own. And secondly, over time, this discourages and overwhelms the family. Because now, yes, we're called help each other, bear each other's burdens, help each other out of the ditch, be spiritual. But now you got people who are just wanting to take advantage. And over time, you're going to overwhelm them. You're going to discourage them. And some of them are going to quit and give up. Here's what you need to know. Church is so much more than stained glass and good worship, sermons, and Bible teaching. It, it, it is that, but we're called to be a family. Do you understand? That's really at core what church, we are a rescued and redeemed and a spirit-filled people, okay? And we're called, yeah, grow, get discipled, and then one another each other. So once you get rescued, and once you get discipled, and you've grown, and you've learned how to feed yourself, and walk with Christ, and share your faith, and, and you have a quiet time, and you, you, you know how to pray. Once you get there, okay, now it's time to join the lifeguards. <laughs> now you be on alert, and now it's time for you to be ready to, to rescue folks, and, and you be the spirit-filled one who's ready, and you be the one that goes and helps carry the other burdens that are overwhelming and crushing in the church family. I'm telling you, church is a family. That's why we're here. We, we need to, yeah, I, I love to worship with you. I love to study and worship by digging into God's book. We need to have a place where people can grow and get discipled, yes, but we're also family, and we're connected to one another. Now, all week long, 
I, I was writing down, Lord, how, how can I end this today? How, how do I end this sermon? And I wrote something down, I believe it was on Tuesday, and I thought, yeah, I'll just throw, throw that one down, but I don't think the Lord wants it to end that way. Well, um, I, I'm still having a chat last night, uh, and the more I listened and the more I prayed, it's like the Lord said, no, no, you wrote that down on Tuesday, and that's exactly how I want you to end. Okay, so this is um, a little weird and a little dangerous, okay? Um, <laughs> can you tell I'm hesitant? <laughs> Duh. Uh, this is a song written in 1972, and I suspect that y'all know it, okay? So I say that because as, as we close this way, uh, this song by Bill Withers, he just died recently. It seems like, I don't know, but it seems like he was reading this passage when he wrote this song, okay? It just feels that way, okay? So, here we go. I'm going to sing. I invite you to sing with me. Rachel hopefully has some lyrics up there. Here we go. Psalm. Times in our lives, we all have pain, we all have sorrow, but if we are wise, we know that there's always tomorrow. Lean on me. When you're not strong, and I'll be your friend, I'll help you carry on, for it won't be long till I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. Best part, you just call on me, brother. When you need a hand, we all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you understand. We all need somebody to lean on. My first thought was, this is like 11.30 when I'm arguing with the Lord. I'm going to call Andy. No, I probably better not call Andy. He's already asleep for three hours. So anyway, uh, we all need... I don't know if Bill Withers was a Christian or not, but the heart is he knows he needs people that he can lean on and they can lean on him. Isn't that true? We all have that down deep. Let's pray. Lord... Help us to be on the alert for brothers and sisters in the church family who need us. Some of them are stuck and they're stuck bad. Would you help us to be ready to 
go on a rescue and restore mission. Help us, Lord, to be filled with your spirit and solid and grounded in your book so we can help one another and give your answers and your solutions to spiritual problems. I pray for those who are getting crushed. Might have nothing to do with sin, but they're just getting crushed by life. Would you help us, Lord, to notice? Would you help us to step over to our brothers and sisters who are getting crushed and help them bear that burden together as family? We love you. We're grateful that we have something that we get to enjoy called church. Your plan to reach and change and disciple the world. And to show the world what real love is all about. Help us to do that. Help us to get better. Whatever grade we're at right now in your eyes, Jesus, would you help us to press forward and get stronger in loving and caring and restoring one another? I guess I just feel like saying, you know, if you're here and you need somebody to help you get restored, if you're caught, broken, and you just can't get out, you mean people come to church? Yeah, some of you probably are here because you're so stuck, you're hoping to get out of sin. We do have some folks over there in the prayer corner, prayer warriors, and they're willing to pray with you, and uh, we'll cry out with you, and uh, we'll look for God's answers to what's going on in your life. We will. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray.